talking about forgiveness a couple weeks ago, and a caller asked about the necessity for one to confess their sin and want to be forgiven before any forgiveness can take place. Jesus definitely does tell us that we, in fact, do need to confess before true forgiveness can occur. Remember, God judges our heart. He knows if we're truly sincere with this forgiveness transaction, because it is a transaction, just like a covenant or promise. When God made a covenant with the Hebrews or Israelites, it was understood that both parties had a duty to perform. And if one reneged, then the deal was off. No more promise or covenant. So it's basically the same thing when asking for forgiveness with God. The Bible says you can't be forgiven if you yourself don't forgive others, and if you choose not to confess and identify your sin. Now, do we operate in the same fashion when somebody transgresses against us? Must they first come realizing that they did wrong as they apologize to you? Well, again, it's a transaction where on our part, we can forgive them if we choose and pray for them as soon as possible. And we can do that whether or not they actually want forgiveness or not. Hopefully, they, before that point, or soon after that point, realize the error of their ways and, in fact, confess. But we don't necessarily have to wait for them to see the light. We can forgive them on our, on our end, no matter what they do. This transaction of forgiveness will then be complete if and when the perpetrator holds up his end of the bargain by finally confessing with remorse. And if he, does, and if he doesn't do that, then that's on him. God at all times wants to forgive and forget our sins and take away our guilt. That's why Jesus died on the cross. In fact, he's waiting to forgive our sins. But before that transaction can happen, we need to do our part. Because there's plenty of verses in the Bible that talk about the importance and necessity of confessing your sin first. After Jesus saved the adulterous woman from being stoned, as you recall, he told her that her sins are forgiven. Go sin no more. And we know that every other word that came out of John the Baptist's mouth was repent. Repent, repent, repent. Which means to give the effort to change your thinking by becoming a believer from a non-believer. To turn in the opposite direction of human nature and go back the other way. To change your mind about what sin actually is. Because before... We sinned left and right without thinking or caring about it. You know, we didn't care whether we sinned. And if it was a sin, we just didn't care. Now, as a result of you repenting, you would think that your volume of sinnage would decrease, right? Uh, Repentance is not an optional request. We need to use our free will to decide to believe in God of the Bible, to receive God's grace and the power of the Holy Spirit, to be born again with a new mentality and a softened heart that God gives us. We need this transformation to take place within us to become more and more in the image of God after his likeness. Now, just because God or ourselves might forgive somebody, it doesn't mean that there's no repercussions and consequences resulting from their sinful behavior. Oh, yeah, sweet justice has to be served in one way or another. You just don't get off the hook by God forgiving us or we forgiving another. 
Like just because you forgive somebody in your life doesn't mean that you have to continue hanging out with them. You can very easily make the rational decision that, yes, I forgive you and wish the best for you, but we're not hanging out like we used to anymore. In fact, I'm putting a little bit of more distance between us and possibly to the point where I decide never to see you again. Hey, sometimes that happens. And when we forgive somebody, what we do is get rid of all bitterness, revenge, and hatred. Because if you carry that around with you for any extended period of time, that poison is going to destroy you. You will break down in one way or another in a spiritual, mental, and or physical manner. So we absolutely have to clear all that trash out of us. And sometimes it takes time, but so what? Eventually we forgive for all our sakes because God instructs us to do so whether we want to or not. Uh, You know, we have to fight evil with good. And asking for forgiveness is very cleansing for the soul. It's a healthy thing to do as we admit to a wrongdoing, uh, as we identify and acknowledge our sin. And identifying and admitting to a sin is very difficult for some people to do because many times they believe that they have done nothing wrong, especially if they're godless. But once you ask for forgiveness, you're stipulating that you absolutely did something wrong, something sinful. The logical progression would then be to stop in the future with that particular action Because if you clearly understand that you're doing something wrong, you're not with a clear conscience going to say to yourself, well, I'm going to keep doing that. Because your conscience, given to you by God, along with your common sense, is telling you that you did something you weren't supposed to do, and that you should then stop that behavior and not do it again. Pretty simple. So understanding the need to confess before forgiveness is crucial along with the necessity of repentance to make that change in your life to go God's way right up to your dying day. And just turn that ship around in the opposite direction before you crash. Don't you think that's a good idea? And there are many Bible verses that address the importance of confession and and confessing your sin in order to be forgiven. Now, I'm not talking confession to a priest. I don't know if any other religions do that, but I'm not talking about that. I think when we all go into that box, there's something inside us that's very uncomfortable and, and, and is saying to ourselves, this, there's something wrong about this. This, this doesn't feel right. Well, it doesn't feel right because it's not right. You can go directly to God and Jesus. You don't need to have somebody in the middle. So when I say confessing, I mean through prayer, talking to Jesus as a best friend with the best advice, just talking to him like a regular conversation and admitting to your sins, and asking for forgiveness. Again, it's not that difficult. A couple of these verses, it says, if we confess our sins, if, if, if we confess our sins, he who is just can be trusted to forgive our sins and cleanse us from every wrongdoing. So there's a big if there. That confessing is necessary. It's not just taken for granted that ah, God will forgive anything and anything I do. Yeah, I'm in the clear. No, it don't work that way. The book says, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. 
Again, if you don't forgive others, God's not going to forgive you. What goes around comes around, right? Fair is fair. The book says, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Once again, it's all reinforcing the same fact that forgiveness and, and confession of sin is so important. The book says, Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Yeah, the book very clearly says, confess your sins to one another. Don't hide. What are you hiding for? No. Confess your sins. Be honest with yourself and others. The book says, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jesus on the cross, before he died, forgave those who persecuted and killed them. Now, would you do that? I don't know if I would do that. I'm pretty sure the board guy wouldn't. But Jesus did. You know? And again... Jesus is nothing but kindness and consideration and love. We all need to tap into him. To all those who would take God away, up your giggy. Who would take our freedom away, up your giggy. And to all those who would take our guns away, up your giggy. We here at Don't Bring Up God on WAEB believe in positive change, but not changing from good to bad or godly to evil. No. That's unacceptable, and we will fight back on it. So to all those who would attempt to brainwash us, and to silence us, and to establish socialism, we all say, This is Don't Bring Up God. My name is Robert. We're here every Sunday morning on WAEB 790 AM from 8 to 9. Ah, sure we are. We're not taking calls today, just so you know. We'll start up next week. The book says, be on guard. If your brother does wrong, correct him. If he repents, forgive him. Again, those if words. All right. So it kind of sounds like we have an option. Uh, If they don't confess and repent, you don't have to forgive them. Eh, Maybe that's true. Maybe, maybe so, right? Eh, A little gray area there that I'm not 100% sure on. Like I said, I think forgiveness, uh, in doubt, I think forgiveness is the way to go. And again, talking about the transaction, if they don't, then that's on them. Uh, you got to clear the slate inside yourself and, and be as pure as possible. And talking about forgiveness, I remember the Amish. There was a story where uh, I guess the little kids were along the road as they do on their scooters or walking to somewhere to and fro. And this truck of some kind came, and I don't know the details, but the truck ended up hitting this little Amish girl and killed her. Oh, man, brutal stuff. What do you think the parents of that little girl did that night? They went to, that, to the driver and told them that we forgive you, and we love you, and we encourage you to be a child of God. The, the day of... Can you imagine that? You talk about faith. You can't do that without a strong faith in you. So, you know, forgiveness, you know, you make the call, but uh, I would remember that Amish story. They forgave immediately. It didn't take time. They realized they'll see their beautiful daughter again, and God allowed it, so they're going to accept it. And the more faith you have, you can do that at rapid speed, apparently. Another point about forgiveness, especially with parents with kids, 
you know, if the kids are unruly, especially in those teenager years, and they keep disobeying you and maybe involved with drugs and alcohol and carousing and who knows what, and they constantly disobey and disobey, your first reaction as a Christian, you might say to yourself, well, I, I forgive him, even though he's doing all these things, you know, forgiving. And, and the kid knows that. The kid knows your parents, and I guess I'm talking about myself with Tyler, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, the up and down struggles that we had, he knew I loved him no matter what. And I would, uh, he was always my son and I would just forgive him. And I told him I forgive him many times, but at the same time, maybe in, in his mind and in other minds, they're thinking, you know, I pretty much have a green light to keep doing what I'm doing because dad's going to forgive me. Now I punished and I disciplined along the way. Don't get me wrong, but if we do hold off our forgiveness until they sincerely repent and ask for forgiveness and say, I'm sorry, maybe that's what we should be doing. Because if we forgive under any circumstances, again, the kid might see that as a green light and I can keep doing what I'm doing because there's going to, dad and mom will always be on my side and they might take advantage of that. So I think that that's a case where, they have to be repentant, ask for forgiveness, be sorry for real, and then you can forgive him. So, hey, it's a choice you're going to have to make as a parent, as a person. You know, this could apply to your spouse or kids or friends, family. I hope I was clear on that. The book says, if he sins against you seven times a day and seven times a day turns back to you saying, I am sorry, forgive him. And this was... What, this is, has to do with what I was just talking about. The person doesn't necessarily say, I'm sorry, and isn't really thinking that I'm going to stop this behavior, right? So maybe you shouldn't forgive them until they do. Maybe they'll feel that pressure to change their lifestyle and really repent and change because they're, they feel they're losing the love of the parents, which is always there. But the forgiveness, they feel they're not being forgiven and something's missing, so that might compel them to actually change. A tough call. Either way. The book says, Repent, therefore, and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out. Okay? People read this and, and figure, well, if I just ask for forgiveness and repent, I'll be, I'll be uh, forgiven no matter what. But remember, God judges your heart if you're truly sincere. Because a lot of people out there believe just that. Hey, I can do anything I want. God is a forgiving God. Jesus died for our sins, Right? So we can be forgiven, all that. Yeah, but no, 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 no. It doesn't quite work that way. Uh, you have to repent once again and become born again. And I'm not sure which comes first, the repenting and change and then the born again situation, or do you become born again and then decide to repent and change? Not exactly sure which follows what, uh, the chicken or the egg kind of thing. Uh, but... The, the, the actions and the behavior eventually should change for the better. Whether you repent first or born again first or second, maybe it doesn't even matter. But, but from what I understand, um, you repent and you ask for forgiveness. You realize you have to change your way of, of behaving, your way of thinking first, and then your behavior follows. The book says, if we sin willfully... Actually, if we sin willingly after receiving the truth, there remains for us no further sacrifice for sin, only a fearful expectation of judgment and a flaming fire to consume the adversaries of God. 
Yeah. Uh, sinning willfully, you know, not caring, not obeying. If you make that choice, man, you do risk that lake of fire, uh, you know, once Jesus comes back and judges the living and the dead, as they say, right? The judgment is going to pound on your head and you're not going to like it. So you got to think twice uh, uh, before you act and think it through. Don't just be superficial and fly by night and not caring because one day you will care and maybe it's going to be too late. In the book, it says that God is an all-consuming fire. That's a little scary. The book says, if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. I think we talked about that earlier, didn't we? Yeah, fair is fair. What goes around comes around. The book says, I will be merciful toward their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. Yeah, merciful. God, God is very merciful. We depend 100% on his love, on his forgiveness, on his mercy, and on his grace. Without that, and without Jesus dying on a cross, we're all dead. And we got no chance. The book says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Yeah, you, you got to change your, your understanding of things. Change your thought process. Start seeing things differently. Going God's way. The book says, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And again, sinners, it's you and me. If you think you're not a sinner, think again. The book says, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Yeah, the end is near. And people say, ah, oh, they've been saying that since the beginning. And you know what? They have. I've talked about this before. Every generation believes that their generation is the last, that the end is near. The end is near. That's, that's, that's uh, worded out in the Bible throughout. The end is near. And that's a favor to us. Because that's a perspective you need to have. If you feel, truly feel that the end is near like we all do today, like they did 500 years ago, 1,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, if, you're, if you have that mentality that the end is near, you're going to be more apt to prepare for Jesus' second coming, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of forcing your hand to prepare and become born again and get close to God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to work in you and through you. Because otherwise, if it's all hunky-dory and the sun's out every day and you're partying and everything is fine, uh, you're not going to think twice about God. You're going you're gonna to think, I don't need him. But when you look around and see all the evil around us, left and right, you're thinking to yourself, wait a minute, something's wrong here. Something is amiss. And that, and that will propel you to go God's way and investigate the Bible and understand who God is, who Jesus is, and the Holy Spirit. Make sense? The book says, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Yeah, there's a celebration going on when somebody turns from this way of the world life to God Almighty, to become born again with that new mentality and to feel the love given by God. And in return, we love him back and let it grow and snowball and have good things happen. You learn the will of God for your life. You do it, and it don't get better than that. 
The book says, therefore, repent and return so that your sins may be wiped away in order that in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Again, you got to repent, you know, confess and repent. Very crucial stuff. All right. And the presence of the Lord, the closer you get to God and Jesus, you feel the presence of the Lord. You know, things happen in your life with you, your family, friends, or strangers, and it just hits you. You get a shiver up and down your spine, and you, and you even shed a tear. Sometimes you don't even know why. But the presence of the Lord is alive. And again, we need to tap into that and be a part of it. Otherwise, we're missing out on the whole meaning of life. The book says, God is now declaring to men that all people everywhere should repent. All people. All people should repent. Change from the way of the world as soon as possible. Go God's way and obey him, even though you don't want to. Even though you say to yourself a million times, ah, one more time, I can do this. Who am, who am I hurting? No, that's not how it works. God expects us to obey him. It's as simple as that. Whether you believe that we should or not, whether you think it's harmful or not, that's all beside the point. That's all rationalization. Go God's way, because this life down here is so temporary. You do know that, right? We could be dead by tomorrow morning. Things can happen, anything and anything. Like, like our bodies, especially when you're older. You don't know what's going on inside there. You're like a time bomb. You can explode any second. You hear situations of heart attacks and strokes and just keeling over, keeling over dead. That could be you. That could be me. That could be... Nah, it's probably not the board guy. But... but Really, it, it could be anybody, and you know that. Don't, don't ignore that fact. So get on board with God immediately, if not sooner. All right, where are we? Repent of this evil, the book says. Repent of this evil plan of yours and pray to the Lord that he will forgive you for things such as such, such, a, as such a thing as this, as your evil planning and stuff. You know, pray for forgiveness and then stop it. Go the other way, the other direction. The book says, by repentance and by rest, you shall be saved. Yeah, this enter God's rest, it's quoted in the Bible. And that has to do with um, God's rest, God's peace, uh, specifically with the Sabbath day, the seventh day of the week, which is Saturday, always been and always will be. They also brought that up, enter into God's rest when the uh, Israelites were entering the land of Canaan. I got something to say about Canaan a little later, if I have time. Anyway, and then the book says, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So I think it's very clear that confessing and repenting is crucial, crucial for us to stay on track and to enter that narrow gate into the kingdom of God. Hey y'all, I'm Billy Bob. I's a gator hunter from Mississippi, IA. And I'm Alfredo from Alfredo's Pizzeria. And if we can be a best of friends without the fighting, then everyone should be able to do the same. Even though I think Billy Bob is four eggs short of a dozen to put his hands around gator mouse for a living. Safer than putting my hands in an 800-degree pizza oven, singeing off my knuckle hair, I'll tell you what, but never mind all that. We each bond with Jesus Christ. 
We's on his team, which makes me on Alfredo's team. So I can forgive a Billy Bob for spitting the chew tobacco into my face when he gets excited and talks too fast, and ignoring the stacks of bald tires in his front yard. Just as I forgive Alfredo for serving me nothing but pasta for the past 20 years, and also using chopped walnuts as a pizza topping, which is way too squirrely, even by my standards. So our message is to keep a God close for all our sakes, and to listen to Don't Bring Up God on WAEB Sunday mornings from 8 to 9. You'll take care now, hey? Billy Bob, don't forget your ground gator gizzard and garlic stromboli on your way out, with of course some pasta on the side. Thanks, Alfredo. Use a true friend, I'll tell you what. Yeah, this is Don't Bring Up God. My name is Robert with The Board Guy. We're here on WAB 790 AM every Sunday from 8 to 9. You know that, don't you? If you want the Don't Bring Up God podcast, just search Don't Bring Up God podcast or go to pavlinskypoems.com. Yeah, you can pick it up there, too, if you want. Now, hopefully, we all agree by now that prayer is our strongest weapon. But is it better to pray out loud or silently in our heads? And is it better to pray with others or by yourself? The Bible records instances where the apostles and Jesus are praying out loud, but it also talks about how Jesus went by himself up to the mountains to pray in seclusion. So right off the bat, it seems very apparent that praying in a group and praying by yourself both have importance. Personally, I like praying out loud with a group and by myself. Because the words of a prayer, I think, resonate the more senses we use. If I speak the prayer out loud, as opposed to silently in my head... I use my speech and hearing in addition to my thoughts. I find learning and retaining information, no matter what it is, works better when we do this. I even sometimes write it down as I now use my motor skills, my thoughts, my vocal cords, and hearing. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. Throughout the Bible, we are instructed to cry out to the Lord when we pray and communicate with Him. So to me, once again, that crying out is literally a crying out with audible sound. Try it. You might like it. And feel free to repeat a prayer request. Remember, Jesus prayed to God in the garden three times for this cup to pass me by, but not my will, but your will be done. Yeah, three times he prayed that, right? Okay, so repetition is allowed, I suppose, to a degree. Huh? You figure it out. The book says, uh, yeah, another, another, another quote, yeah, about prayer, yeah. It says, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues, synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your father, who sees in secret, will reward you. So basically, don't show off. Oh, yeah, you're dressed in your little church, your church mouse clothes and hat and makeup just right or whatever you do. I don't know. But, but you don't show off. I mean, that goes for men and women, everybody. Don't, don't show off like you're, you're, you're so that. You're, you're all that. 
You're holier than now. I mean, don't ever be accused of that. Just be a regular person, okay? No showing off necessary, especially speaking with God and Jesus. Are you kidding me? The book says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. To me, this sounds like uh, speaking in tongues, right? Speaking in incomprehensible words and sounds where you need an interpreter. Maybe I should get an interpreter for the board guy. Maybe that would make him talk. You know, like a middleman? Yeah. But yeah, speaking in tongues, that's what that was referring to. It's a real thing. Some people don't think it is. Some people think you have to do it to prove that you're saved or born again. Now, that's not true. Definitely not. The book says, and Jesus answered them, have faith in God. Truly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Yeah, that strong faith and strong belief and trust in God goes a long, long way. All right. You don't need to be doubting. Maybe when you're first learning and attempting to understand Uh, how God operates. You might have some doubts and wonder, but in time, that's got to disappear. Don't waste your time with doubt. There's so many things for you to do that God wants you to do. Don't waste it, and don't delay it with doubt. Hey, you don't need to know all the answers. Several times in the Bible, it says, do not rely on your own understanding. That means you. You don't need to figure it out. You don't need to have the answer to the question. You'll get the answers one day. After the test is done the next day, when you flunk, (laughs) when we all flunk, and Jesus and God will give us the answers, everything that we need. The book says, therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. So believing is huge. How many times did Jesus heal somebody and, and then said afterwards, your faith has healed you? It wasn't me. It was your faith that healed me. It was God and Jesus indirectly, of course, or directly, whatever you want to choose. But it was your faith that healed me. How come he didn't say it was me that healed you? Get on your knees and praise me. Jesus didn't say anything like that. It was your faith that did it. Your faith and your belief. Get it as strong as possible. Stronger and stronger every day, every week, every month, every year. And, and, and it's human nature to doubt and have questions, but immediately throw them out the window. You don't need them. Just say to yourself, shut up, stupid, like I tell myself. And if I don't tell myself, maybe my wife will. No, she's not that mean. No. The dog might give me a dirty look, but yeah. Um, but just move on and, and strengthen yourself and, and don't bog yourself down with nonsense and stupidity. That's the point. The book says... Is anyone among you suffering? If so, let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. So in both both instances, you're praying. Pray, 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 pray. Pray in thanks, thanksgiving and thank you for all the blessings because you think you got it so bad, I can give you 12 people that have it 100 times worse right, right now. I could easily tell you that. So don't pity yourself. Don't feel sorry for yourself. Move on. Have some strength, have some courage, and move forward. And constantly pray. Pray for your blessings and pray for help. You can do both at the same time. 
God wants to be included in your life. And if you're going to continue to ignore him and stamp him out, ah, that's a problem. The book says, And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed, talking about Jesus. Yeah, Jesus several times, many times, went up to, to the mountains by himself to pray. So praying together and praying by yourself, again, both important to do. You know, even the word meditate is in the Bible. You know, meditate on things and get into that zone, man. Get into the zone. Get out of this way to world zone and get into God's zone. It's for your own sake. Seriously. It's not to hurt you. It's to help you. And you'll understand that the closer you get to Jesus and God. The book says, and he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. There you go. Always to pray. What does that mean? Well, in the Greek, it means always. (laughs) In the Hebrew, always means always. In the English, the word means always. All right? You get the point. In alien language, with the clicks and clacks that they might use, always means always. So always be tapped in and connected to God. Why aren't you? Give me a reason why you aren't. Uh, go ahead. I'll wait. Although there's no calls today. So uh, next next week you can uh, call and let me know. I'll be here. The book says, and whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone. So that your father also, who is in heaven, may forgive you for trespassing, forgive your trespasses. So clear the slate of any forgiveness issues, because unforgiven crapola is only an obstruction between you and God. It's like a brick wall. You got to break it down. Don't have hassles with other people festering in your head. You don't need that. Clear the slate. And if the guy's a douchebag or the woman, it doesn't matter. If they're going to care whether you forgive them or not, it doesn't matter. Just do the forgiveness in your heart. Clear it. And you'll be a better man, a better woman for it. Am I being sexist if I just say you'll be a better man for it? Are there some women out there saying, why didn't he say you'll be a better woman for it? I I bet there's some. Yeah, that's why I said both. But when I do say man, it means both. And then a woman's going to say, well, why don't you say woman? And then that will mean both. So you'll be a better woman for it. I guess I could say that, implying woman and men. See, I'm on your side, women. Sometimes you think I'm not, as I give the guy's perspective on life and the ladies. But I'm just being honest with you so you can see clearer. It's for your benefit. Uh, I think the guys out there like me more than the women. Because I still remember that one call. Uh, It was quick. He just called and he said, "Uh, I'm going to have to get headphones for my radio or for my phone. And I said, why? And he said, well, because my wife won't won't let me listen to you. A little bit too honest for you, maybe, huh? A little bit too honest. Is that the problem? And then he quit, quick hung up. So I assume the uh, wife entered the room. Oh, boy, did he get it. Oh, she probably yelled at him. Are you listening to that, Robert, again? Are you? (laughs) Uh, We're all all on the same team, right? I don't mean anything uh, by it. I mean, like I said, I'm being honest. Let's all be honest. And you may not want to hear it. 
sometimes, then uh, don't listen. But uh, one thing you'll get from me is honesty, and I hope you appreciate that. Okay, enough. And if you do, you'll be a better woman for it. Uh-huh. Which means man, also. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna have to do that. I'm going to have to, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to do that. Yeah, yeah. The book says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Yeah, that, that's a beautiful thing. But it's got to be within the will of God. You know, live, and it's no problem if you're living strictly within the will of God. And you can ask away. Ask for anything and everything. You'll get the message whether it's approved or not. If that's the best thing for you in your life and loved ones, God will either say yes, no, maybe, or forget about it, which I guess means no also. But whatever he does, you'll be a better woman for it. To all those who would take God away, up your giggy. Who would take our freedom away, up your giggy. And to all those who would take our guns away, up Up your giggy. We here at Don't Bring Up God on WAEB believe in positive change, but not changing from good to bad or godly to evil. No, that's unacceptable, and we will fight back on it. So to all those who would attempt to brainwash us into silence us into established socialism, we all say, Oh, you're This is Don't Bring Up God. My name is Robert with The Board Guy. We're here every Sunday from 8 to 9 in the morning on WAB 790 AM. If you want to hit the podcast, just search Don't Bring Up God podcast or go to pavlinskypoems.com. That's P-A-V-L-I-N-S-K-Y, poems.com. Very simple. A lot of good stuff on that podcast. Take advantage of it. The book says, In your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Yeah, well, what happens when somebody asks you, why are you so happy and hopeful all the time? It's quite annoying. Can you stop it? <laughs> I hope you tell them. I, I hope you have a-, a good answer that you're a believer in God and that's the main source of your energy. Right, yeah, and when somebody attacks the faith and has something negative to say about it, feel free to defend Jesus. He would defend you. Defend him. Say a few words. You don't have to be mean or angry or raise your voice like I do sometimes on the show. But just tell the person, no, I don't believe it says that in the Bible. And no, Jesus was nothing like that. Yeah, be an example. Be that witness. Defend the word. The book says, whatever you ask in my name, This I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it, again, within his will. And and God, God the Father, we do glorify worship and praise him, for sure. So we take the onus off ourselves and give him the proper respect and honor he deserves. Just like a parent and kids, the kids, if you're lucky, at 30, 35, realize all the things the parents did. And they come back saying, I'm sorry for all I've done, and uh, you were so good, I appreciate it. I didn't realize all the things you did. Yeah, that's all a good thing. That's, that's, uh, that's respecting and honoring your parents. You can't, you're not going to do that for God? After all, he gave you and the opportunity and his beautiful nature all around us, not to mention paradise that he promises us, the new heavens and the new earth with our new glorified body. 
Yeah, the, the, it just keeps coming. And you're going to ignore and not honor and respect God Almighty? Uh, that's not a good move. And as we know, when Jesus was asked how we should pray, he said this is the way. And then he recited the Our Father. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Yeah. Notice he started off by saying, Our Father, Our Father who art in heaven, when asked how to pray. So because of that, I'm praying to God our Father most of the time. We can pray to God and, and Jesus by saying different prayers that we know, like the Our Father and others. But by all means, we can definitely pray as if we're just conversing with a fellow human being. That's why I always say, see Jesus as a best friend with the best advice. And since Jesus is still the only mediator between us and God, we can pray to Jesus if we choose. Your decision. Uh, my sister uh, went to a Catholic church, and there was a list of 10 things to pray for. And I thought it was interesting, and I agree with all of it. I thought it was a good thing, a good message. So I'm going to recite it right here, right now. What do you think about that? Number one, pray for attentiveness to what truly matters without being distracted by trivial things. Ah, oh, the distraction is a main technique of Satan. If he can distract you with sports or the Miss America pageant or what she's wearing or what he did or this, that, and the other thing, whatever gossip comes down the pike, if you're distracted, uh, did I say sports? Yeah, that's a huge distraction. Although you can enjoy it, but don't get carried away like a lunatic. Don't be, don't create an idol out of sports, all right? But uh, the distractions, and government uses this all the time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best this year not to talk about government as much. The politics and all, and the election. Yeah, you go, go do whatever you want to do with the election. You know what? I'm not really fond of talking about it. I've lost interest. Yeah, I have, I've lost interest in that giving me more interest in God. Yeah, what do you think about that? I think I stand firm with that decision. I'm happy with that. But don't be distracted with the important things in life. You know, weed it out. Pick your battles. The second thing we can pray for, uh, let's see, pray for opportunities to learn something new about God regularly. Yeah, you read the Bible. Oh, uh, do you know anything about God and Jesus? Yeah, I read the Bible once. Oh, really? Oh, so you're all equipped, aren't you? It's an ongoing thing. It's just like if you meet your, your wife-to-be or husband-to-be, it's an ongoing progression of life and love, all right? It, it's always changing, hopefully, for the better. I just don't think you can pick up a Bible and read it and, and, and say, yeah, you're good to go. You're not. Um, so pray for opportunities to learn something new about God and Jesus regularly. Also, pray for discernment of how God would like you to set your priorities and your abilities to focus on them consistently to fulfill his purposes in your life. Yeah, you got abilities. You definitely do. And if you don't know about them, you'll understand it one day. They will be revealed to you. God got a plan. Just keep that hope of life. Keep that hope of life. Yeah, I could say that. Uh, alive. Keep, keep the hope that God has in you, that I got you covered. I got a plan. I got stuff for you to do. Just stay with me, and I'll take care of you. 
Yeah, just bite into it. Believe it and live it. The book says, pray for the grace to be able to rest because aware, become aware of God's presence and enjoy it. Yeah, this enter into God's rest and being still, that's how you listen to God. That's how God speaks to you. That's how your conscience speaks to you. And that's how the Holy Spirit prompts you what to do, what not to do, what to say, what not to say. So you have to have that ability to be at peace and rest and still without your phone and with, without Facebook and TikTok and all those other nonsense, Twitter. and It's good to be in solitaire from time to time. Also, things to pray for. Prepare for peace in all situations, no matter what the circumstances. Yeah, again, the, the, this rest and peace. Some people are so hyped all the time. And they don't want the rest and peace and being stilled because if they're not going to the party and drinking and drugging, God forbid they sit in a corner of their house reflecting on their life and who they are. Yeah, they don't want to reflect. That's why they keep themselves busy, right? Yeah. You think about that one. And if you do, you'll be a better woman for it. There I go. Well, I got the women on my side. More listeners. (laughs) Pray for freedom from all that burdens you. Past mistakes, fears, destructive habits, and hurts other people have inflicted on you. Boy, that's a good one. And we all got mistakes and fears and habits and all that stuff. You got to move beyond it. The book says, pray for joy and a sense of humor. Pray for confidence in God's love for you and trust in his power to work things out for the best in your life. Pray for openness to the Holy Spirit's guidance. Pray for a genuine awareness of God's grace in your life and the humility to extend grace to others. Yeah, important stuff. Oh, man, I'm going to have to save that to next time. There's a great song. Um, I don't even want to say it. Uh, I'll, I'll wait till next week to talk about it. Um, but as far as sinning goes, uh, somebody was talking about mental sins as opposed to physical sins, like physical sins like stealing. We have much more mental sins going on than physical Mental, like jealousy, envy, covetedness, hatred, vengeance, bitterness, laziness. Yeah, check your mental brain Check and make sure you're on the right track once again because you can sin without being physical about it. The sins are going on in your head. There's mental sins, yeah. And all this stuff that's happening in Israel, uh, politics and current events. Like I said, I'm going to cut that down this year, this coming year. But anyway... Um, I see the flag a lot, and I see this Star of David. And just as a side note, that Star of David is not in the Bible. I'm sorry. There, there's folklore and tradition about it, but it's not in the Bible. So to me, with all due respect, it, it's meaningless to me. But if, you know, I'm just saying. I just want you to be aware. And here's something also to consider. Uh, God gave the Hebrews and Israelites the land of Canaan, right? Uh, and this was a physical piece of land. Now, do we really think that God is concerned about a strip of land in the Middle East? Is he, is he up at nights worrying about who gets it and who doesn't? <laughs> uh, Jesus, since Jesus' time, since, since he came in the New Testament, things are more spiritual than physical. Absolutely. And we have, to re- we have to remind ourselves of that because Canaan represents what now is heaven, paradise, the new promised land, okay? So just keep things in perspective. 
a little strip of land, a little smaller than Jersey. But all right, that's enough of politics. I don't want to really go there. Maybe I have time for this. Um, there's a song, uh, Board Guy, if you're in the mood. If not, we'll get it next week. It's a Jelly Roll, and the song is Save Me, New Unreleased Video. It is an awesome, awesome song. Uh, the only thing I don't like is that he doesn't offer a solution at the end of the song. It's gel- it's, uh, the, the musician is Jelly Roll. The song is Save Me, New Unreleased Video. And he talks about being too damaged uh, to be saved or... How did that go? Yeah, this is it. Listen to these words. I hope we have time to play it. Most of it, anyway. Too damaged to be repaired. But the point is, you're not too damaged ever. Somebody save me. Me from myself. I spent so long. Living in hell They say my lifestyle Is bad for my health It's the only thing That seems to help All of this drinking and smoking Is hopeless but feel like It's all that I need Something inside of me's broken I hold on to anything that sets me free I'm a lost cause Baby, don't waste your time on me I'm so damaged beyond repair Life has shattered my hopes and my dreams I'm a lost cause Don't waste your time on me I'm so damaged beyond repair Life has shattered my hopes and my dreams Yeah, this song is incredible. It's an incredibly sad song. He's singing from his soul. You should watch this video. He's so intense about it. And, and it's a sad song and talking about him being a lost cause and that he's damaged beyond repair. And I got to tell you, and not just me, but the Bible tells us, nobody is too damaged beyond repair. I wanted to scream extra lyrics in that song. Go God's way. Open up the Bible. You're not a lost cause. So if you can, it, it, it's uh, the musician, the singer is Jelly Roll. The song is Save Me. And look at the new unreleased video. All right. All roads lead back to God. Tyler, we love you. We'll see you again.